0: So jumping in, um, maybe you're seeing the word anchor, you're seeing the anchors, you saw, you know, the shirts that are on stage, maybe you heard it on Facebook. Um, We're going to talk about all the the change that's taking place in a moment, but um, when I think of this, I I think of the fact that we've been here, as of next week, we've been here for five years, which is really, really cool to be a part of what God's doing here. And um, over this time, I've realized how awesome it is to live in this town, like, I know some of you, you're born and raised here, and I overhear, you know, from certain teens who are juniors or seniors, I can't wait to get out of this town, you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is, man, it's awesome here. I love being close to the water. Every time I go over the causeway, I love seeing the boats. Boats, people. <laughs> See, again, some of you, you go deep-sea fishing when you're bored, all right? But for people like me, who was born in a landlocked area, this is just unbelievable. It's just awesome. And so over a year ago, I, I had this, this fascination with sailing, sailboats. Now, I, uh, I researched it a little bit, and I realized that you actually have to have a boating license to operate a boat. Um, you know, I don't understand that, I guess, but... Uh, I found out that, um, well, how many licensed boaters are in here? Like, licensed boat. Okay, so two teenagers and a couple of adults. So in a beach town, (laughs) that's all we have. The rest of you are just breaking the law because I know you have boats, okay? (laughs) Whatever. Well, I looked into it, and I realized, okay, well, there's, there's an online course that you can take. It's free, and then if you pass it, then you can pay to get the license to operate a boat. Uh, so I looked into this and I started taking this course, and I was blown away with how much information there is. I mean, especially when it comes to sailing, there's there's a lot to it. I mean, in my mind, I just see the boat and I see the sail, and you know, you just stand there and you pull on some ropes and you're good, you know. But it's, it's a lot more than that, let me tell you. Uh, and so, needless to say, you know, over a year later, I've still not completed the course, um, but it still fascinates me now. With this fascination, have I ever even been on a sailboat? No. I have. In fact, I have never even been out to sea, okay? And so I've, I've actually only been on lakes and rivers and the river here, obviously. Um, so, hey, Pastor's Appreciation Month, you know, take me, <laughs> take me with you. <laughs> you people who go deep sea fishing when you're bored, just saying, let me know next time you go. All right. Maybe let me drive your sailboat, too unlicensed. (laughs) But as I was going through this course, I was realizing, you know, how much information this is, and then even dumbfounded that section two of this course is all about anchors. Now, up to this point, I, I think of an anchor as it relates to Popeye the Sailor Man with the awesome oversized, you know, forearms and the amazing detailed, like, anchor tattoos that are on them, you know, just little lines. Um, or I think of the overly hipster image these days of, you know, an anchor. They're just cool, right? But this section two, anchors, is over seven pages of information on anchors, varying varying from the type of vessel, you know, needing different types of anchors to different conditions and how you tie the rope and how you have to have swing room for down current and all kinds of crazy stuff. See, I did read it, all right? So the anchor... And I was uh, amazed at, at, at what that is and, and all that it entails, but one thing that is a truth that holds throughout every type of anchor, an anchor is anything that holds something in place, something that is dependable regardless of conditions around it. So You already watched a video of October. We're going to watch a real quick video before we dive into God's Word, okay? Let's check it out. The anchor became a key Christian symbol during the period of Roman persecution. And it actually remained a key Christian symbol until almost 400 AD. Hebrews 6.19 says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, both firm and secure. And here we want our students to know that they do have hope, and his name is Jesus. And he's firm and secure even during life storms. So, we've chosen after five years of being Keep the Lights On to rebrand and relaunch as the anchor at Coastline. And we are so excited about this new season that we are in. Awesome. So, really exciting this uh, new season. Like I said, we've been here for five years. And so, uh, Keep the Lights On has been the name of our youth ministry since we've been here. And um, it's exciting. Uh, of all God has done. We celebrate that, and, um, and it was hard to make that decision, but there's something great about change. It brings a freshness and an excitement, so we're excited for this new season as the anchor. So, two things to pull from that video. One, um, did y'all see my beard? <laughs> I've been wondering if I should bring that back, but I don't know. Uh, and then most importantly, too, if you didn't catch it, we are now the anchor. And so it's going to take some getting used to, but work with me a little bit. Last last week when I was up here on a Wednesday night, I think I said keep the lights on. And uh, But, you know, it's just got to get in here. But uh, it's awesome. We're excited about it. Amen? Um, for those who've been raised in church or maybe you're familiar with, you know, certain key passages of Scripture, um, when you think of the verse Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, um, and you hear about the anchor, it may not be new to you, but the prayer is that as we look at this in a moment, that it would refresh you and encourage you and, and let, uh, truly allow hope to rise in your heart as you realize that, wow, like, we do have hope, and his name is Jesus. Amen? So let's look at Hebrews six nineteen through 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf, and he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Um, Now, that last part is really interesting and cool, but we're not going to go into that right now. We're focusing more on the first part about how we have hope as an anchor. And as I was studying this, I was looking at different Bible commentary, and um, Ellicott's Bible commentary puts it this way, both sure and steadfast, these words and the following may indeed form part of the figure. But more probable, they relate to the hope itself, a hope unfailing firm which entereth where no human sight can follow, even into the most holy place, into heaven itself. The hope then becomes personified that the reader's thought may be led to him who is himself our hope, and his name is Jesus. Isn't that strong? This is awesome. So when I read something like this, I think, yes, we have hope. It's an anchor. Anchors are strong, right? They hold, they, they're firm, they're secure. And then I think, well, in the middle of a storm when the wind is howling and the waves are raging and, and it's getting intense, the last thing I want to do is stay put and hold on tight, right? I want to get the heck out of there. Anyone else? When, when, when a storm takes place, when life gets tough, I don't want to just anchor down. I want to get out. And so a lot of times, we don't like thinking of Jesus as our anchor when a storm rolls through. We, we like thinking of Jesus as our teleportation device, right? <laughs> Beam me out of here, God, please. You know, a holy helicopter of sorts to swoop in and save us and transport us elsewhere, right? But this is saying that we have a hope, And it's sure. It's steadfast. It's firm. It's secure. His name is Jesus. Amen? So what I believe is the world needs to see Christ followers who aren't afraid to stand their ground when things get tough. Right? Because too often, Christ followers, as Christ followers, we're, we're not willing to have a hope that truly digs in deep when things get tough. Right? Oh, this marriage is over. Or this situation is just getting too hard. Or I got that bad report from the doctor. Or so on and so forth. Not making light of any storms that you're facing. But we have to realize today that there is not one hopeless situation. Amen? There is not one hopeless situation because we know hope himself. And his name is Jesus. And with Jesus, all things are possible. Amen? So we have hope. Everyone say, I have hope. I have hope. See, even as I said that, and maybe as you said that, maybe you didn't even believe what you just said. Because storms in life have gotten so intense, things are getting so hard, and you're, you're, you're looking around and you're realizing, man, th- this looks hopeless. So even as you just now said, I have hope, maybe you, you struggled to even believe what you just said. Well, the prayer is that today, by the power of God's word and his Holy Spirit working in our hearts, that we can leave this place truly believing that. Amen? Everyone say, I have hope. hope. Say maybe you believed a little bit more that time. It's awesome. So, like I said, too often, man, things get tough. We see the wind, the waves, and we say, God, get me out of here. I don't want to anchor down. Now we hear about Jesus calming the storms, and we're gonna look at that in a moment. And that's amazing, and he is definitely able to do that. But sometimes, we need to remember that, you know what, whether he calms the storms or whether we have to ride them out, he's with us right there in the boat. Amen? So when hope isn't anchored, discouragement comes in. Now, I think that's a, a lot of times why people deal with certain things. You know, where, there, there's such a, a, a rampant thing of, of, of depression that people face, Um, And it's because of seemingly hopeless situations. But when, when you realize that we do have hope, hope himself, Jesus, then you know that even when things get tough, he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And when you think of the reality of his promises to you, you can stand on those and know that it is truth. Amen? amazing communicator by the name of judah smith says this an anchor does its best work when it's not even seen right obvious but yes like an anchor is fulfilling its purpose beneath the surface when you don't see the anchor when it's been dropped it's actually doing what it's supposed to do and so often we look you know around and we see our stormy situation and we feel like it's hopeless. We've got to remember, if our hope is in Christ, we are anchored, and he is firm and secure. He's not going to let us down. Amen? He won't let you down. So what is your anchor? A lot of times, when we think of something that, you know, anchors us, we think of maybe a relationship, right? Friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, even marriage, you know, we— Hear the the silly phrase, you know, they complete me, or they are my rock. No, they're not. Okay? Listen, you, you need godly friendships, you need you need godly relationships, you need strong ones. But at the end of the day, we are all imperfect people, and imperfect people will let you down, right? Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe. I know I have. Imperfect people will let you down. Or maybe your anchor is your talent or your status, or your job, or your education, and you feel good about that. And you know what? That's great. You need those things to feel centered in life. But at the end of the day, all of those things, if you put your faith in that, and that is your anchor, it will let you down eventually. Only Jesus is the firm, secure, steadfast anchor. Amen? Everyone say, I have hope. So we have these awesome Christian staple verses, I like to call them. Um, and this is one for me, Romans 5. It's, it's a powerful verse. And uh, what I'd like to do is, as I read through this and you read along, you know, I don't have to do it out loud, but just read along, um, really let this sink in and, and let hope rise in your hearts. And um, I, I chose to do the Amplified version of this, because I love it, because it it makes sure that you are overly clear on what it's trying to say by, you know, using different adjectives and different things. So let's look at this together, Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God, through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through Him also, we have our access, entrance, introduction, by faith into this grace, state of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand and let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Moreover, Let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's powerful, isn't it? You feel hope rising in your hearts? Man, it's awesome. Now, sometimes we don't like thinking of braving the storm. Like I said, we, we want to just be lifted out of it. But when we have hope like this, it says it, it doesn't disappoint, it doesn't delude, and it doesn't shame. That's something that you can trust in. Amen? So back to Hebrews 6, the first part of 19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Again, I was looking at some different commentary, and I came across this, and I thought it was awesome. The ship that is kept by an anchor, although safe, Is not at ease. It does not, on the one hand, dread destruction, but neither, on the other hand, does it always enjoy rest. Further, the ship that is held by an anchor is not only tossed in a tempest like the other ships, it is actually tossed more than other ships. The ship that rides at anchor experiences rackings and heavings that ships which drift across the tide do not know. So souls who have no hold of Christ seem to lie softer on the surface of a heaving world, than souls that are anchored in his power and love. It's awesome, isn't it? I mean, think about that. The world gives us this picture of, if things get tough, then just go wherever the tide carries you, right? Go with the flow. But this is telling us, don't lose hope, and don't just throw in the towel. Anchor down. But when you do, you may actually experience a little bit more intensity because everything with God's kingdom goes against the flow, right? But we have hope, and his name is Jesus, and he won't let us down. Amen? So speaking of tempests and storms, there's this incredible story in the Gospel of Matthew um, Jesus and his disciples, they're traveling all over, they're preaching the gospel. Jesus is healing people, setting people free. It's awesome. The Bible says that everywhere Jesus went were multitudes. And a, a cool side note, you think of multitudes in, in certain passages, that translates to thousands. And so to get a, a better picture of this, because if we're not careful, again, we just read that. Okay, that's a lot of people. Think of all of Satellite High School crowded around one man, Jesus multitudes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty incredible. So Jesus is healing and setting people free, and, and people are experiencing his love. And then at the end of the day, Jesus says, all right, let's get in the boat, and we're going to go across the lake to another town, okay? And so you may be thinking, okay, I've heard this before. You know, Jesus calms the storm. It's awesome. Praise God for that, right? But let's go back a few verses and, and look at what Jesus said before the story unfolds, okay? Well, let's look at Matthew 8, 18. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Now, this is interesting to me because Jesus, who is God, right? <laughs> Want to make sure I'm in the right church. <laughs> Jesus, who is God who knows everything, told them to get in the boat and go across the lake. In other words, surely he knew that there was a fierce storm unfolding out in the lake, right? So, the disciples unknowingly followed Jesus into a storm. Why would he do that? I I love Jesus, man. He's so unpredictable. It's so cool. (laughs) So now the story picks up in verse 23. And a little side note before we go on into that. Notice that Jesus said, he gave the command, we're going to go to the other side. So he didn't just say, hey, we're going to go out into the middle of the lake and get tossed around in a storm for a while, and then maybe we'll make it. He said, no, we're going to the other side. He's saying, we're going to make it through. Amen? Amen. So this is what happens. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. He's so cool, man. I mean, think about this. Waves are breaking into the boat. It's a fierce storm. And here's Jesus just taking a little nap. Ah, yeah, this is relaxing, you know? All right? He's sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. Listen, the disciples had just spent days experiencing Jesus and all of his glory, you know, working miracles, setting people free, you know, casting out demons and healing people. And then they're in the boat with that guy who did all those awesome things. And then they look at him and say, we're going to die. You know, it's silly, right? And that's, that's why Jesus responded this way. Why are you afraid? I mean, it it is a funny question, but the truth is, when storms come through our lives, it's scary. It seems hopeless sometimes, right? But Jesus is looking at his disciples here and looking at us today and saying, why are you afraid? Did you forget who I am? Did you forget what you've experienced already? Did you not see the miracles do you truly believe in me? So I love this. Jesus, he's like, listen, y'all woke me up. I was having a good nap, but let me take care of this real quick. Rebukes the wind and the waves, and it says that there was a great calm. A great calm. And then the disciples, who have already been walking with him for a while, says, who is this man? <laughs> so awesome, man. I, I love the disciples. So here we have Jesus and his disciples caught up in the middle of the storm, the disciples say, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus was sleeping. Have you ever felt that way before? Anybody? Feels like Jesus is just sleeping in the middle of the storm. It's getting crazy. God, I, I need you. Help! Everyone say, help! help! Hey, listen. As a dad, when, when my three-year-old cries out, help, I'm going to drop everything and and run, you know, wherever that sound is coming from. And so a couple weeks ago, I hear Silas go, Dad, help! And and there's desperation in his voice, you know. I'm, you know, knocking over stuff and running. I'm thinking maybe he's hanging over the couch about to fall, or maybe he hurt himself out in the yard. I don't know. And I come in, and he has this stack of blocks, like this tall, and they're wobbling. Help! (laughs) You know? (laughs) valid, you know, that's good, but, like, dad, can you do the last block? I was like, great, the pressure's on, you know, it's already doing this, so I'm like, you know, the the whole thing falls over, you know, and thus I crush the dreams and confidence of a three-year-old and his dad. We worked through it, it's okay, but help. Did you know that the most powerful prayer anybody could ever pray isn't one full of eloquent words and Christian terms. The most powerful prayer anybody could ever pray is, Help! Amen? All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And here we see the disciples. Yes, the storm got to them. Yes, they were afraid. Yes, they lost sight of the man who was in the boat with them. But that cry of help, it stirred Jesus, and he he took care of the situation. Amen? Now, God never promises us a life without storms, but he will always be right in the boat with you. Let's think about this for a minute. The disciples just got done witnessing amazing things. Then they see the storm unfolding, and then they're experiencing the storm. It says the waves were crashing into the boat, and they lost sight of the very one who created it all right there in the boat with them. That's so like us, isn't it? But let it encourage you today. Man, your cry for help, God's ear is turned to that. And he's with you, and he'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen? So don't lose hope. Everyone say, I have hope. hope. That's awesome. See, it keeps getting better and better. Hope is rising. God is in control when you don't see him. And as a matter of fact, God is in control even when what you see isn't what he said. I looked at that on the screen and let's just, let's think about this for a second. God is in control even when what you see isn't what he said. Remember Matthew 8, 18, he looks at his disciples and says, listen, get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side. And now Matthew twenty 8, 23, they're getting tossed around in the middle of a storm with waves breaking into the boat. Jesus, this, this, doesn't look like what you said. You said we were going to the other side. Listen, God never promised life without storms, but he will always be with you. Amen? Be encouraged today. You do have hope. Man, God is in control even when what you see isn't what he said. So we're going to close with this thought. Sometimes it takes storms to stir our faith. That's that's hard to swallow, that's that's hard to accept, but it's true. Sometimes it takes storms to stir our faith. And we see the prayer requests, the emails, the the phone calls, the things that you guys are going through, some of it is, is crazy. But man, Hope is being restored. Faith is being built. Jesus is with you. Another example, as far as being a dad goes, obviously, when my son says, help, I'm going to come running. And um, earlier this year, beginning of the summer, there were some crazy storms, lightning and thunder. Y'all remember those? It was just awesome. Side note, does, not spiritually speaking and not everything we've talked about up to this point, but does anybody like actual storms? You enjoy them? The rain, the thunder? Yeah, see, I do. Helps me sleep. So this, <laughs> this uh, particular night, it was, it was intense. I mean, it was like a strobe light out our windows. The wind was literally howling. I've never even heard that before. I just, you know, you read about it in, in scary stories. But I mean, it was literally, remember that? It was crazy. And the thunder was like shaking our insides. Like it was, it was a heavy, powerful storm. But I you know, I enjoy these storms, you know, I think they're 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 cool and, and you know, the boys were asleep and so I was like, Hey Brooke, you know, let's get a little close. This is romantic, you know, there's a storm, there's rain on the windows, you know. <laughs> and then I hear Dad help you know? And obviously I come running. And I, I go into his room, man, the lightning it's just lighting up his whole room, and the thunder is shaking. I look at his face, and I mean, he's terrified. Like, he has fear in his eyes. Bad help, you know? It's way past his bedtime, but man, I scooped him up, and we went and sat on the couch, and cuddled up with him. And the thunder was still rolling. The, the lightning was still flashing. The wind was still howling. But now when I look at his face, it was like a, a nervous excitement, Right? It didn't make him like the storm. It, it didn't make him enjoy what was going on outside. It, it, didn't, it didn't make him have a greater appreciation for the beauty of lightning like I do. But when I looked at his face while I was holding him, it wasn't terror. It wasn't fear. It was nervous, yes, but it was excitement. Because like, see, when, when he was sitting in dad's arms— he felt safe. He felt peace. <laughs> it's funny because when you're that age, dads can do anything, right? So you look up to your dad, hopefully. And this, you know, three-year-old kid looks at me, and in his mind, you know, I can punch the storm in the face, right? <laughs> I can't. But I had my arms wrapped tightly around him, and he felt safe, felt secure, And we have this Father in heaven, God, who loves you so much. And he wants to just wrap his arms around you, allow you to feel safe, secure. See, that's something that that you can put your hope and trust in. Right? It's awesome. And he can punch storms in the face. (laughs) But man... I just think that it's, it's important to realize this. Like, that whole night, it created a memory with me and my son. Like, the storm, the thing that terrified him at first, now is a fond memory. And every time since it starts storming, he knows he can call up in my lap and I'll hold him and everything will be good. That's what God wants to do for us. Right? He's in control. Even when you don't see him, he's in control when what you see isn't what he said. We can have hope because he is hope. Let's let's close with this. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Like I said, sometimes it does take storms to stir our faith. That's not fun. It's not something that we're excited about. But at the end of the day, if you allow God to just be so real, right there with you, in the boat with you, and experience Him and His peace and His love, and put your hope in that, then you'll be able to look back one day on a fierce storm that you faced. And it's not going to make you like the storm. But you're going to look back and say, you know what? God's arms were wrapped around me. He never left me. He gave me peace, even when it didn't make sense. And I'm here. I made it through. So there's two groups this morning I believe we're talking to. One would say, I know Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus. But I'm in the middle of a storm And maybe this storm it started up recently, or maybe it's been ongoing for years. And you're at the point now where you just need hope restored. You need to know that he's with you. You believe it. But you're beginning to feel like, man, I just I need that refreshing reminder from the Holy Spirit that He's right in the boat with me and He's not gonna leave me. There may be others here also. You're facing storms in life. And you realize now that you have been facing them alone. Jesus isn't in the boat with you. Listen, you can have the most willpower, the most courage, the best friends, the best education. But at the end of the day, if you are trying to face storms of life alone, it's impossible. So maybe now you're realizing there's a void in your heart. It can only be filled with a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you realize that you've wandered off. You've strayed away and today you need to come back to Him. So if it's either of those two things, maybe you just need to say, Lord, come into my heart and my life for for the very first time. Or maybe you just need to come back to Him. Would you just raise your hand right now in this moment? Yeah, I see your hands. I see your hand in the back. Thanks, you can put it down awesome. Before we move on, man, let's take care of that right now. It's important to know that the prayer that I'm about to pray isn't saving you. It's you putting your faith in Jesus, opening up your heart, inviting him in, believing in him. So as I lead this prayer, would you do just that? Open up your heart. Lord, we love you and we thank you that we have hope in you. Jesus, we believe that you lived a sinless life so that you could be that perfect sacrifice. You died on the cross for us. Take away all our sin. And thank you, Jesus, that you're alive. You rose again so that we could have life. We believe, God, that we're going to see you again. So thank you, Lord, that as we journey through life and as we face storms, as we face difficulty, We know that you're in the boat with us. Even when we don't see you, even when we don't feel you, we will never lose hope because we know that you are with us. And we love you and we thank you. Give us the strength we need to hold on to hope. If you you prayed that prayer, we want to encourage you before you leave today, just when we dismiss, would you just go straight to that tent outside on the east lawn? There's a prayer team there. They would love to, to get to know you or pray with you further. Give you a Bible if you don't have one. We encourage you to go out there. For everyone in this room, you can keep your heads bowed, but maybe you do find yourself in a storm. Now, maybe it's just one of these day-to-day annoyances and it's just starting to take a toll on you, or maybe it's something that you've been dealing with for a very long time. Turmoil in your house, disease whatever we're going to leave this place so full of hope and that can only be done by the power of God's spirit living in us so again it's not to make light of any situation but we serve a God who is bigger than any situation so would you just pray with me and just allow God to restore that hope because you can be anchored in him no matter what comes your way. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much that we do have hope. It's in you. It is you. Thank you, Jesus, that even when storms come, we're not going to lose sight of who you are. Give us the strength we need. Give us the courage we need. Lord, we do believe that you are able to come in and calm the storm and speak peace. So, Father, if it's your will, would you do that right now in these situations? But God, no matter what happens, help us never forget that you are right by our side. You will never leave us. So allow faith to be built and allow hope to rise. We trust you, Jesus, and we love you and thank you. In your awesome and strong name we pray, amen.